A week ago, this past Tuesday, our staff here at St. Philip the Deacon experienced together one of the coolest and most intimate moments ever. But before I tell you what happened, a little context is important. We meet every Tuesday as a staff at 10.30 in the morning. We have devotions. We review the calendar for the week ahead. Everyone gets a turn to talk. And we celebrate our birthdays with singing and, of course, with treats. It was suggested recently that since we are a church staff, perhaps we could consider celebrating our baptismal days instead of our birthdays. And everyone agreed. Which meant, of course, that everyone had to hunt down their baptism date. Well, I should say not everyone. A couple knew, but the rest of us? Well, we had to call home, ask mom and dad, find the box with the baby book in it or the baptismal certificate in it, or take more extreme measures like calling the church where the baptism took place. After that staff meeting, one person came to my office and said, I don't know if I've been baptized. He explained that he was adopted so there was the possibility that maybe his birth parents had had him baptized, but there were no records. There was no certificate. He wasn't asking for anything, just reporting, and so we agreed that he would continue to use his birth date. As the rest of the staff searched for and found their baptism dates, there were so many wonderful stories. Linda Armstrong, she contacted the church in which she was baptized, and within hours they called her back, not only with the date, but they also sent her a copy of the bulletin from her baptismal day. That is impressive, right? Because it's not like she was baptized last week. <laughs> Pastor Valerie, reported that she was baptized on the same day as another baby girl named Mary. And get this, they are still friends to this day. Keith Benson brought in his certificate, which was far more than a certificate. It was this elegant little baptismal booklet. Well, a couple of weeks passed and we were missing just a few baptismal dates, so I reminded everyone to get theirs in as soon as possible. And that's when Dennis Claven, our custodian, spoke up in front of the whole staff. I don't know my date. I don't even know if I've been baptized, he volunteered. Brief silence. And then I said, Dennis, we can fix that for you. We do baptisms here. Do you want to be baptized? And he said, sure. <laughs> of course, what could he say? Uh, no, thank you. Well, I followed up with a note that said, I was serious about the baptism, but I understood if he wasn't. I suggested that he could be baptized privately by me, or he could talk to his pastor at his church, or we could do it together as a staff, and whatever he decided was fine. I heard back the very next day. 
His was an enthusiastic yes, and he wasn't at all interested in that private thing. He wanted it here at St. Philip the Deacon with the entire staff present. So on Tuesday, March 14th, right over there at that font, Dennis Eugene was baptized. And just like many baptisms, the candidate for baptism wore white, he was anointed with the cross of Christ on his forehead. There were photos and a DVD. Dennis was presented with a brand new Bible. There were treats and, of course, singing. And the baptismal certificate was signed by all 22 of his godparents. The staff of St. Philip the Deacon, Dennis's wife, Jan, and their daughter, Patty. Dennis's commentary on his baptismal day was brief. Of it, he said simply and confidently, now I know. Now I know. I asked Dennis if I could use his name and share this story with you, and he has given me permission. A couple photos from the day are scrolling on the monitors. You've got to take a look. Please stop before you leave the building today. Now, you might be wondering why I tell you this story on a day when the gospel reading, the extraordinarily long gospel reading, is a story about a blind man who gets his sight and all of the controversy that follows. Well, there are several reasons. First of all, as I was preparing for this sermon and doing research on John chapter 9, I read that at least since the fourth century, the church has used the gospel story of the man born blind as a picture of every believer's baptism. In fact, the story appears in early catacomb art most frequently as an illustration of baptism. To tell you the truth, I'd never considered that before. But now, it's nearly impossible to read the story and ignore the baptismal imagery. Jesus says that he's the light of the world. The man goes to the pool of Siloam and he washes in the water. And there's new life for the one who was born blind but now could see. It's all there in chapter 9. I can hardly believe I've missed it. In baptism, as the water and the word are poured over you, you are washed and cleansed from the inside out. Your former self is drowned in the water and you rise to new life. No longer are you blinded by your own sinfulness, but you see by the light of Christ and new life is yours forever. So you see, John 9 is really a baptismal story. Secondly, I tell you this story because Dennis's commentary on his baptism, now I know, echoed another man's words from some 2,000 years ago. After the blind man was given sight, which interestingly he hadn't even asked for, after he was given sight, the whole community erupted, deeply disturbed by the event. The neighbors asked, are you not the man who used to sit and beg? How were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. 
The Pharisees also wanted to know how this happened. The man repeated, he put mud on my eyes, I washed, and now I see. Then his parents were questioned about how this could be, and they said, ask our son. So the man was brought in and questioned a second time. The authorities wanted to know, since the miracle took place on the Sabbath, how it could be that a sinner, because what else do you call a person who does work on the Sabbath, how could it be that a sinner could have given him sight? The man answered simply, one thing I know, I was blind, now I see. I once took a seminary course on the doctrine of baptism. It was a whole semester long. We read dense and heavy academic books and had animated discussions. We wrote papers. We asked a lot of questions and we found ourselves getting lost in rabbit holes. It was clear from our investigation and our study that baptism is a complicated doctrine. And then Dennis said of his baptism, now I know. Just like the man born blind said, one thing I know. And suddenly baptism doesn't seem so complicated at all. Because in baptism we know. We know to whom we belong. And most often that is enough. And finally, I tell you this story to ask a couple of questions. Have you been baptized? If so, do you know when? As we approach our celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, now is a great time to find out. Call your mom and dad, unbox the baby book with the certificate in it, contact the church. If the church has closed or merged, Check with the synod where the church once was. There are records, and you can find them. And if you have not been baptized, or if you are not sure if you have been, guess what? We can help you with that. It's one of the most beautiful things we do here. I want to assure you that there is no reason to be shy or embarrassed about not having been baptized or not knowing. And I want to remind you that baptism isn't just for babies. It's for all ages. In fact, if we are baptizing only babies who are children of baptized believers, we're not exactly expanding the kingdom. Remember, God is in the business of growing his kingdom, not just maintaining it. So if you want to find out more about baptism, please let us know. Talk to one of the pastors, scribble a note on the pink insert, ask one of us to contact you. We are happy to talk with you. So for now, I leave you with this one simple baptismal truth. One thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. Amen. Amen.